And the more that I've been able to center in my knowing and break free from the people-pleasing, just needing to be this perfectionist, you know, um, very, very by the book, like good girl, you know, always doing the quote-unquote right thing within the confines of these boxes, right, that that these structures have created for us, this very binary world that the last 50 years plus have built for us, finding ways to navigate within that system can be really complicated and really jarring. And so I just want to say that I see you and I feel you and wherever you are on your timeline of self-understanding, of self-expression, of deepening into your knowing, if you are currently so deep in the system and living in this fight or flight, freeze, fawn state, I've been there. I, I know I'm often still there here, here and there because trauma's fun. Um, and you are not alone and wherever you are in your own experience of your self-understanding, trust that with time and with more and more resources that are slowly coming to our spaces and wherever your accessibility is, and hopefully even just listening to this episode as a starting point, you know, maybe a small, tiny sense of hope. That's all I really ever hope to give with these, with these talks is that it will eventually be okay, and it's also really hard when it's not, and wherever you are in your journey of that, your timeline is so freaking right for you. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your resident queerdo, nonconformist, and trauma-informed coach for folks who are tired of the fucking shoulds and are craving something more. Stick around for all things relationship anarchy, coming out later in life, moving through the mess, and beyond. You ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 152 of the podcast. I'm Amanda, your host, and I'm so thrilled to be back with y'all. Um, if you are listening to this in real time, you know that we were supposed to have a pod episode last week, as we do every other week drops, um, and I came down with a really fun, super sexy uh, bout of laryngitis that had me literally unable to phonate, like make any sound for a little over a week, and it's been slowly coming back. I still don't have my full range, which is been a whole thing. <laughs> um, but my voice feels present and I have something that feels really right to share with y'all now that has been really sitting with me for the last, I would say like multiple years, but especially in the last six months, it's just felt like such a like, yes, um, share. Um, and, uh, finally feel really ready to do so. So I'm stoked to be in your earbuds today and really just invite you to um, sit down as if we're having a cup of tea. I literally have a cup of tea with me right now, um, sitting in the sunshine with Charlie, my dog, at, um, at my feet. We're chilling on the floor doing this pod, pod old school style, um, which honestly feels really more like me anyways than my old desk setup. So 
anyways, I digress. I'm just stoked to be back with all y'all. And um, also in this like new iteration, um, you may have noticed uh, that my social media handles have shifted. Um, it was a long time coming, but I wanted it to feel fully within my own integrity and in my own timeline. Um, so if you're like looking me up now and can't find, um, my handle now is at my fuck yes life. Um, just really simple. Um, so that'll be all shifted in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, I'm just stoked to get into this conversation with y'all. Um, I feel I have a lot of who big feels, um, around it. And, um, I also just wanted to say, I'm not going to share this necessarily on the pod in full, but I just did a reintroduction post as well on my Instagram that is pinned and will stay pinned there until, and if, you know, things need to shift in that space, just highlighting my lived experience, my identity markers, the things that make me, me, um, and my background and, my core values and all of those things just so that, you know, if you've been around these parts for the last, goodness, how long has the pod been going now? A long time, seven seasons, or if you've been following, you know, my journey from the moment I started sharing online and a decade ago, um, a lot of the things that I used to feel aligned with or were resonant in my being were not necessarily my own, right? Um, It's part of the trauma process of unlearning, of coming home to yourself, and also all of the reprogramming of, you know, living in society in such a binary world um, and figuring out how we fit in that space. And that's really what today's episode is about. And as you can see from the title, we're going to be talking about specifically my path to feeling alignment when it comes to my pull towards the term ambiamory, um, which if you have not heard of the term, I will just give you the the Wikipedia definition because I had not heard of the term until like the process of my divorce and sitting with um, some disintegration that I was having within my system around some of the things I was experiencing in polyamorous communities and um, both in my own inner circle and also in the world at large that were just not sitting right with my my value system Um, and why I announced on Instagram and on TikTok, gosh, months ago now that I no longer identify with as myself as a polyamorous person. And I'm going to unpack that more in long form here because there's been some fun, (laughs) interesting takes um, that folks have certainly had um, and shared, people who do not know me at all, around what this means. And so I'm going to speak from my heart, from myself, um, because maybe you're in a similar situation where you're trying to figure the fuck out where you fit. And as much as we like to live in a world where ideally like we don't need to have labels right um and I think we're moving towards a space of like we don't need to identify and however you feel about labels is beautiful and also 
that for the sake of the structure and culture and society we currently live in, there is a set, you know, of stuff in order to be able to communicate effectively in a way that is um, something that is accessible to all, right? And sometimes that just means building more language um, where there isn't, which is something that I've been seeing so much in the last few years, trying to get out of the binary in terms of the way we speak. And it's been so beautiful to witness. Um, and also there's more more work to do there. And and this has just been my journey. Um, I can all, only ever speak uh, from my place, my uh, my own experiences, the messiness that is being a human being is why I started this podcast in the first place as a conscious place to just come and talk about the shit that we don't talk about, the shit that always is behind closed doors or taboo or anything within you know the scope outside of the binary um living in the gray as i've always said and and now i'm i'm loving that there's the, there's more of this conscious awareness at globally that it's really about breaking the binary in all ways right um and that we live in these structures the patriarchy you know white supremacy especially in america which while i am not an american um i've certainly lived here for a while so it is not my own history and my lived experience growing up in Canada and very immigrant populations um, and myself being from an immigrant family, but witnessing it here as an adult has been very fascinating and um, very complicated um, to understand for my own, for my own nature um, because it's just not how, it's not the society I was raised in, um, at least not to the extremity that exists within this country. Um but yeah, and, and all of those all of those structures, right? The nuclear family dynamic, the capitalist structures we live in. Um, for those of us who live not in the binary, whose beings feel so stuck, um, and have always felt stuck uh, in these like quote unquote expectations, where it just doesn't work for us based on who we are, our own lived experiences, our trauma history our neurodivergence, uh, you know, our, our chronic illnesses, whatever it is, it doesn't fucking work. And we're, I, we're learning that. And I think, um, I know I have been learning that for the last decade in my own ways. Um, and you can see that in, in all the pods, but today we're going to be talking about particularly how that has existed within myself in the last year, um, around my own, expression and a need of how I identify when it comes to relationship structures and like I said um before and like you said this this part you saw with this podcast episode title I'm really feeling the if there is going to be like a label which again I don't I don't personally feel the need for that but I think it might be helpful for those of you who did not know about this label it was very liberating for me to even though it existed, and I, I I went searching in my old TikToks for the person who shared this in the comments about just the term in general as as an offering. And um, if you're listening, um, I'm so sorry I couldn't find your your username to specifically shout you out. But I just want to say thank you for the gift of that, um, because really all it is for those of you who do not know, according to Wikipedia. Ambiamory is the capability of experiencing and enjoying monogamous, 
and polyamorous relationships. It's really just about living in the middle. <laughs> and um, and if you've listened to the, the, the this season's episodes, we're diving a lot into relationship anarchy, which is, I'm not going to reiterate what all of that is. You can go back to episode 151 where we talk about, me and Abby talk about it a lot. Um, and I do a lot of um, posts around this generally because at my core, I very much identify with those value systems and always have. And when I first was really owning my my journey as a non-straight person in 2018, I had been exploring it and sort of theoretically um, contemplating it for a couple of years before that. Um, but 2018 was when I really, you know, it's when my former husband and I um, sort of hop-stepped into <laughs> polyamory. Um, and it was an intentional choice that we had been talking about for a long time, but there was not a lot of, as I've talked about on the podcast before, not a lot of like intention going into it because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. There wasn't a blueprint and... Um, you know, just trying our best to do it in integrity and, and maintaining through all of the communication tools that we'd had thus far and, and therapy. Thank God for therapy. Um, and, you know, as I've talked before, like stepping into and out of a monogamous framework felt really natural to me. And it had kind of always been a conversation that I had had in my relationship with him, but also just generally speaking in my relationships, you know, this whole idea that sometimes like not everything needs to be the way that the world presents it. My, so I, we're going to be doing more. I've been really into like, I don't know if it's just me like stepping into my witchy queerness in the last year, but I've been really, really much more into astrology and just like, it's so fun to play with. And, um, my woo side's coming out woo, strong lately these days. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm an Aquarius sun. So my anarchist heart and my nonconformity has always been such a big part of who I am. Like, I've always been like, nope, that doesn't make sense. Why are we doing this? You know, like, and it's, but, and I have a Libra moon, which means I, you know, it's how our emotions come forward, right? And it means like I see the world in a very balanced way. I have a, while I have this anarchist heart of like, this isn't right, right? It's so much of why I do the work that I do. I'm like, okay, we need to have a voice for the voiceless. Let's go. Um, it also, you know, I also have this, and I'm also a cancer rising, which is like deep feeler, highly sensitive, empath, you know. And so that whole conglomerate of stuff inside of me has always been like, I'm fighting the good fight and I feel everyone's true being and their 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 deepest self at their core and I can see the good in all people. Um, sometimes it has often in past led to me being very on the, you know, that's why I, I support recovering people pleasers and folks who have been in trauma um, that have led to a lot of fawning um, because it is really challenging when you have such a big heart 
to, you know, be able to honor your own needs in the process of it. And woo, what a journey that has been for myself. Like that's a, that's a, a, you know, more for another time. But I feel so, so deeply and can, and have always uh, lived inside the nuance of everything. And it's also how I was raised, you know, in a, in a pretty academically rigorous environment growing up to, to really be a critical thinker and see all sides and understand the, um, where folks are coming from, um, and finding that, that middle, middle space. And so the fact that I continuously, (laughs) as my identity markers, and as I've shifted, as I've done more and more somatic work and really, you know, stepped into that for myself and then have been facilitating that work as well, and understood the nature of my own trauma and um, the generational trauma, the uh, abuse that I've experienced um, in my uh, in my especially adult life, but some of some younger adult life as well. I've been able to really understand why so many of the identity markers that I now so deeply relate to my queerness, my bias, um, my relationship, anarchy, nonconformity when it comes to relationships, being, you know, um, an ambi-amorous person who can exist beautifully in both monogamous or polyamorous dynamics, depending on the folks in my life and the relationships that make sense and where I am and my nervous system is, um, you know, living in this, 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 a binary, a non-binary space of like not uh, wanting to or existing within capitalist structure of of hustle and grind mentality and being an artist first and foremost, a writer, a singer songwriter, um, a storyteller, and really rejecting the the patriarchal structures around and capitalist structures around the way that we move in the world and and choosing to find slowness when I can, (laughs) Um, you know, and, and, and my identity marker, even as a demisexual is very, very, very rooted in, you know, this, uh, this middle space, right. Of, of yes, with, with safety and with so much love and trust, I, can and do have these beautiful, very sexual relationships um, and, 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 and lean when I'm in a container of safety, kind of more on the megasexual stuff, which I know, you know, Abby and I talked about in last episode as well, which definitely check that episode out if you haven't already. I think it'll be a good pairing for this one. Um, and, you know, I... I am not someone who feels excited by or um, at all in a space where, you know, casual sex is like good for my system or, you know, it's something I desire or have ever desired. And I think it's incredible for those of those of us who are, are in a space where that's like so dope. But for me, it's just never been. And so owning my identity as a demisexual being in this, again, this like middle space and even contemplating, you know, d- gender and gender gender fluidity and how I've sifted into that for myself in the last few years of self-expression when it comes to how I present and also how I feel internally and um, just really like 
feeling fine with any pronouns, you know, and as long as they're used with consent and respect. Like, that's just how I am and how I've sort of always been. And the more that I've been able to center in my knowing and break free from the people-pleasing, just needing to be this perfectionist, you know, um, very, very by the book, like good girl, you know, smart student, um, always doing the quote unquote right thing within the confines of these boxes, right? That, that these structures have created for us this very binary world that the last 50 years plus have, have, have built for us, um, finding ways to navigate within that system can be really complicated and really jarring. And so I just want to say that I see you and I feel you and wherever you are on your timeline of self-understanding, of self-expression, of deepening into your knowing, if you are currently so deep in the system and living in this fight or flight, freeze, fawn state, I've been there. I I know I'm often still there here here and there because trauma's fun. Um, and you are not alone. And wherever you are in your own experience of your self understanding, trust that with time and with more and more resources that are slowly coming to our spaces and wherever your accessibility is, and hopefully even just listening to this episode as a starting point, you know, maybe a small, tiny sense of hope. That's all I really ever hope to give with these, with these talks is that it will eventually be okay. And it's also really hard when it's not. And, um, wherever you are in your journey of that, your timeline is so freaking right for you. And to try not to, I know it's hard, but try not to, you know, compare yourself to all these other people who seem so sure in their knowing. And maybe many of them are, right? Um, and also, like, so much work had to happen in that space in order to get there, right? And we don't know what people are doing and existing behind closed doors, Um and that's why part of why I, I come to, to share so openly here. And what my journey has been, um, maybe hearing that will feel like a little warm hug or a sense of understanding. So I'm just going to go a little over, oh gosh, what the last <laughs> five years has been for me, you know. I was masquerading in the world for a very long time, um, in a lot of, uh, unknowing a lot of fawn, and, um, and that presented as, as me not really knowing myself, and having a lot of addictive cycles that were what I really, honestly, like, was surviving off of. Um, they were my coping mechanisms, because it's what we're taught, you know, it's the, it's the easy, accessible thing. Um, from, you know, as you've known uh, on the pod, like eating disorder cycles to 
whole slews of addictions. I mean, it was, it was a lot. Um, workaholism, um, even the beginnings of my business, you know, my business became an addiction because it was something I could find control over um, <clears throat> and, and find some sense of stability because I felt like that meant I could find safety, right? Because I was just moving so much for other people and often very, very much living in, in, a, in a trauma cycle without really knowing that's what was happening, um, like consciously having that awareness. I knew something was wrong. I was having panic attacks all the time and having all of these, you know, like I said, addictive tendencies just to try and fill, fill the void within my soul while also masquerading um, through the world, um, without really telling people that's what was happening. Right. Um, and also at the same time, like living my life really bigly and boldly and as best as I could and trying to fucking figure myself out and finding the joy and existing in really beautiful and sometimes hard relationships and just like doing shows and building a business and learning about myself. I mean, it was like this beautiful mess of who the lows and the mess and the highs and the light and the dark and just like all of it right it's it's the messiness of being human and um then that eventually you know as I as I continued to get to know myself and and was started to do the deep somatic work um and and started doing therapy and really um consciously was teaching myself to slow down uh, instead of just like operating at a fucking 10 all the time. I noticed a lot I, about myself that I had just not had the time, space, or safety to explore, right? And that it would come out in waves. Um, my queerness would come out in waves. My nonconformity in relationship was always present and I was also existing in a in a marriage um that was a green card marriage um and also one out of a born out of a lot of love where I knew that you know in my 20s I was like very sure that this person was someone I wanted in my life long term and while I didn't necessarily want to prescribe to the structure of (laughs) of marriage and what that meant in terms of like what you were buying into purely from a like legal standpoint and a and a structure standpoint and a hierarchical standpoint um because I've just always seen relationships as non-hierarchical um in terms of weight and value um that's just been from, from as long as I can remember like as a kid I just never understood yeah, I remember being being like so confused when I'd have friends who would get into relationships with um with somebody and that relationship was, you know, a romantic and sexual relationship and all of a sudden all of their time and energy and weight would just like go towards that person. And I understand it from like a societal structure and the media and everything that we've been taught, you know, but my, my Aquarius anarchist self was like, Hey, what do you mean? Like, I'm just like no longer a priority in your life and your all of your energy and resources are now going to this one relationship. Like, I don't understand. Like, or if that needs to change, okay, 
like communicate that is 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 this an inherent expectation that we just like I just never understood it and that's been true my whole life right and also when we live in structures where you know unfortunately like we do still have so many structures that are in the binary as much as we want to live in the flow of those things and making waves to shift that um we do also have to exist within the world that we live in in order to fucking function, right? And and um, and uh, and have some level of pragmatism. <laughs> well, even though my optimist heart will just always live in that space, I've learned to be pragmatic in the last few years because, good fucking god, like we need to be, right? Hold on, let me sip some sip tea. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and so. Oh, it's just, it's, it's really interesting being in this space now where really all of my values have been the same for so long. I just didn't know. It's like trying to find the boxes again, you know, and and I've noticed that about like even going into polyamory. I was like, oh, well, this is the thing that's being told that like I'm being told that that's what this is because I'm now in a relationship that is opening and I don't feel like I give very deeply in all of my relationships so the only thing that really made sense in that space was polyamory and since I was exploring my queerness and very much wanting to date women non-binary folks etc I was like okay well like this just makes sense and it did and and I felt really aligned in moving towards that direction um, and with the identity marker of polyamory for a while because it was so deeply, I was like, yeah, this makes sense, you know. But again, my whole heart was so deeply in the relationship anarchist piece. And I also had been really content in a monogamous relationship because of my demisexuality for so long. Um, it was really only for me, at least, stepping into polyamory was a way to deepen my relationships in the ways that my values were so clear and also explore and exist within the entirety of my nature as a queer person. So, you know, that felt so good and right. And also, a lot of my experience in the world of polyamory did not and I'm not going to get into specifics of this um, because I believe in integrity of people's privacy and all sorts of stuff. But to give sort of a summary, like there is a lot of, despite polyamory having this beautiful, I think, core-centered ethos of really it's just about many loves and having this abundance space, there's also a lot of rigidity within the community around what that has to look like, what that should look like, and a lot of um, what I have felt as like in many circles and many circumstances, just a lot of um, intense antagonist um, experiences, which... Again, this is like 
my <laughs> my heart um, is a very big um, sensitive soul and I feel things very very deeply and also have a long history of fawning and and being in people pleaser mode and just completely eradicating my needs and now that I've worked really hard over the last five years to like own that set my own boundaries really be clear in my needs when when someone is approaching something with so much intensity on what is quote-unquote right and someone else is entering a space and saying well but that doesn't feel right to me and there's no room for conversation no room for exploration it's just this again very binary way of thinking I find myself not feeling excited by by that and 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 also my nervous system does not feel safe um and again I know we're all coming into things from very different lived experiences and lenses and stuff and so I totally understand why someone might be in that space and approach things from that way but I found that in many relationships sorry if you can hear the dog barking outside um but in many relationships, it was really riddled with that that sort of like um, fight or flight um, uh, space where there there wasn't actually room for the kind of loving conversations and um, and nuance that I was I I've always sought and needed in my in my interpersonal relationships. And I know that there are so many polyamorous folks out there that are like that. I just have yet to fully experience that within myself um, and my own experience um, in my lived experience. And so, um, and what I realized in the process of that too was that, you know, for me, Stepping into polyamory as an identity marker for a little bit was really liberating because it allowed me to do so much of this unlearning and and it also very much in in many circumstances in my life and in terms of my value system makes a lot of sense for how I live and love because I've always just not really experienced hierarchy or this this value of having one person be the center of my world, um, you know, all of the very toxic monogamous culture things, which, you know, um, I'll, I'll share the episode I did on toxic monogamy culture in the show notes for y'all. Um, if you want to go listen to that, um, it's, it really just never existed within my system and never made sense to me as a person. Um, and also I really have been as always, loving living in this, not and not in the binary of having space and openness for what makes sense given my current circumstances and um, needs and the relationships that happen to fall into my world and that I choose and um, choose to cultivate deep meaningful connections with and committed connections with um you know a lot of people listening might be like well I want the sexual freedom and that's beautiful as someone who again exists as demisexual I think the reason why polyamory doesn't really necessarily align for me anymore as a 
as an identity marker is because or really anything under the quote non-monogamous space um, inherently is because I don't need to have multiple sexual partners in order to be fulfilled um, if the relationships that I have that are sexual are really beautiful and safe and deep and fulfilling for me, right? Um, Am I open to that down the road? Always have an open space for that. And also, it is not a core need of mine, Um, which is why ambiamory feels so correct for me in terms of if there was a label, because again, it's just all about the relationships that I have. Um, What I do need is less about the sexual component and more about the depth of love and commitment and uh, time and energy from my loved ones. I don't do relationships in a small way. Um, When I love, I love with all that I am, with boundaries (laughs) now, which is great and beautiful, and with honoring my needs. Um, And I have a deep amount of love to give and a capacity to hold a lot of love, which is why, you know, existing in that space made so much sense for me for so long. (coughs) More tea. And so, yeah, all of this is to say that, like, I can be sexually monogamous and still be a relationship anarchist and an ambiamorous person as long as I have deep, meaningful relationships, partnerships even, as I've shared recently on my TikTok around, you know, like folks that I don't see just as like a partner and friends, right? I have lots of like constellation in my life and, um, and all these people that, that meet different needs of mine. Um, and those needs don't all have to be sexual in order for me to be fulfilled for me. Yes, that can be a part of it, and it doesn't inherently have to be. Does that make sense? So I'm still in the throes of this myself. Um, I've been really sitting with this for the last six months, unpacking it, and I hope that me extemporaneously sharing the mess of my own sort of sifting through this for myself and, and finding ways out of the binary thinking and just being as much inside of myself, which is very much not in the binary in every way, um, it's been, is helpful to you. Um, and, and if you exist and like to have those structures and, and that feels more right for you, you know, that's valid. Um, I hope that listening to this gives you perspective of somebody who moves way more in the flow and, um, maybe, you know, somebody or love someone who is like me. And you can share this relation or share this conversation with them, and it could be a really beautiful, um, you know, conversation starter for the two of you. Or maybe you're listening to this and and feeling very seen because you also tend to live in the gray and uh, have a deep empath heart, and um, and still very much uh, do not 
you know, have this anarchist being inside of you. Um, and also, you know, uh, want to exist in the world in a way where it's not structurally as, as it is. And also understanding that, you know, (laughs) it is still the world as it is. Um, we burn it down slow. Um, and hopefully faster than, than, than has been historically, um, happening, but you know, things take time and, uh, and I'm right there with you in that personal process and also with existing within this collective. So I'm going to, uh, let my voice (laughs) come back a little bit, have some tea. Um, but thank you for being here and having your heart open to this conversation. If this sparked something for you, I love hearing from y'all. Um, you can, you know, obviously comment on the posts at live, live your fuck yes life, which is the podcast, um, uh, Instagram, um, or on my own, um, Instagram again, is changed to at my fuck yes life, all the words together. Um, and if you liked this episode as always, and it feels really good to your system, it takes two minutes to leave a review, um, and a rating. It really does help the pod get centered. I do this fully out of my own, uh, out of my own goodness for y'alls. Um, it's, it takes a lot of effort as a one woman show over here, but I do it cause I know it, it really does make an impact. So, um, that really just is such a nice way to sort of like give a little karmic support and love back. Um, and if you're feeling extra called to support, you can always, um, pop on our Patreon. Um, anything, you know, usually there's like a $5 market, anything really, um, means the absolute world. Um, and it lets me keep doing this, um, in a way that is sustainable. Um, and, and also, if none of that is accessible to you, that's beautiful too. Um, just thank you for being here. And uh, I hope that you feel illuminated by this conversation and that your heart feels a little softer. Um, and and or maybe you're curious and feeling a little like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Like all of these feelings are valid. So again, um, there'll be a post on my on the Live Your Fuck Yes Life um, podcast, um, Instagram at Live Your Fuck Yes Life, and also on at My Fuck Yes Life, um, which is my personal one. Um, and I, I genuinely love hearing your thoughts. Um, that's how we have discourse and how we get to, you know, learn about each other and what makes all of us uniquely beautiful um, queerdos in this space. So. Again, everything listed in today's episode will be at the show notes. Um, you can just scroll down on whatever platform you're listening to, or if you just want to check it out, you can go to uh, amandacatherineloy.com slash podcast slash 152. And until next time, I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.